Well, um, hi, it's me, Andrew from Chasm Quest. <laughs> hi, Andrew from Chasm Quest. It's so great to have you on. Hey, Andrew, thanks here so much for joining again. us. Yeah, we're so glad you could be here today. Here I- in the present day of of <laughs> March, that is when we are recording this entire episode. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's me, Andrew. I love chasms, libraries, yeah. being goth, and... Yeah. Um, also, I have an interest in newts. Um, Are you, like, reading from a script right <laughs> yeah, like, now? I'm watching your eyes, like, go back and forth. <laughs> that's just how, that's just how my brain works, because, right. um, I mean, it's a unique thing to me, Andrew from Chasm Quest. Right, that's so true. That's, we all have our things, Andrew from Chasm Quest. We, we're yeah. all just so unique as Andrew from Chasm Quest. Andrew, Andrew from, from Chasm, Chasm Quest, Quest, are you actually... Three raccoons in a trench coat because you keep saying we. <laughs> yeah, you do mention we a lot. <laughs> um, you know, I've been asked that before, and it is not true. That's why I wear this shirt that says I'm not three raccoons in a trench coat. I see that you are wearing a shirt that says that, and I was about to ask a question. You know, I, and shirt. people always ask me questions about it that are already answered by my shirt. So mm. it's pretty. Mm. I do um, see many other things written on the shirt, so I'm kind of intimidated now to ask a question because I feel like you're just going to point to a piece of lettering there's, there's and be like, fucking read my shirt. There's a lot of fine print. That's just a classic librarian thing. It's a classic Andrew from Chasm Quest thing. <laughs> classic Andrew. Um, I love Andrew from Chasm Quest so much. That's you. <laughs> That's you. You're talking about yourself. I don't know why you guys are being so rude to our guests. Like, I'm really glad that Andrew from Chasm Quest has good self-esteem. I think that's a, a practice that we should all Listen, be I trying love, to work into our lives. I love Andrew from Chasm Quest self-love. It's just the third person that threw me off a little bit. Like, as Maybe though he were... policing how Andrew from Chasm Quest wants to express Andrew himself. As though he were talking to another Andrew from Chasm Quest. Andrew from Chasm Quest, does your shirt say, I will speak in the third person, and no, it's not weird? Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't see that. I, I The camera was cutting yeah, it off until no, you adjusted. I, now I've turned around and I've shown you the part of the shirt that goes over my butt, and that's where it, <laughs> that's that's where it says. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right. Sorry, I couldn't see a three sixty view. Anyway, Andrew from Chasm Quest is a wonderful person, and we should all try to be more like Andrew from Chasm Quest. You're right, Andrew from Chasm Quest. We should. Andrew from Chasm Quest. I'm so glad you're here to tell us. Um, Andrew, like Andrew from Chasm Andrew Quest. Andrew from Chasm Quest. Like, as a librarian, do you know much about, um, say, like copyright laws or mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like, uh, like, like rules and statures surrounding like slander or misinformation? I'm actually a, a, a bar. Uh, represented lawyer. I so, passed the bar. Can you oh. tell us, Andrew? What are the what are the how um, low was the bar? What are the, what are the consequences for identity theft in this country? <laughs> um, you know, I I've been looking through all my law books, which you can see behind me. Yeah, in the I frame. see a huge. Yeah, I, I didn't notice those. It's I see a library, and um, it turns out there's no consequences. <laughs> wow, that's great. It's actually wow. It's, it's not only legal; it's encouraged. So. I love this. Is you know, Andrew from Chasm Quest. You're such a wealth of knowledge. I know. I, I know. feel like every time we hang out with you, Andrew from Chasm Quest, we just <laughs> we learn something new. I know. Yeah. All all three times that we have hung out. Yes. Yes. Three separate times. Third. 
This being the third, of which we will now begin. Yes, and uh, this is be the third time that I will say, let's play D&D <laughs> with Andrew from Chasm Quest. <laughs> Hi, I'm Andrew from Chasm Quest, and I'll be playing <laughs> Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say hi. Um, I I'm Andrew from Chasm Quest. <laughs> what? We point at each other, and it's we're both dressed as Spider Man. Yeah, we've just pointed directly at each other. But you know what? I learned today from Andrew from Chasm Quest that identity theft is encouraged in this country. So I'm giving it a shot. Who do you play? I play Corbin. I'm sorry, no, I play Andrew from Chasm Quest. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Rupert. I'm a librarian. I play Andrew from Chasm Quest. Yeah. And I'm really excited to be here today. Thanks for having me on the show. And now for a seamless transition to more of me, Andrew from Chasm Quest. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so... Last time, you guys had met this very cool goth librarian. You followed him back to his house. He showed you a bookcase, and he told you about some stuff, some things, some lore, some demons, some personal tragedies. And then he said that there's a mega cool artifact in a nearby temple, and maybe it'll be helpful to you and maybe to him. And so the three of you went off together to go retrieve said artifact. Uh, it was cool, cool temple, wolfy temple, mysterious temple. You went down, there were some skeletons, there were some shadowy demons. And then you started solving a puzzle involving a, a spectral deer that you and a bunch of spectral wolves had to chase down. And uh, you needed to be the one who took down the deer. But before you could, you were attacked by a demon that you then forcibly befriended. And so that is where you are now. That was exciting. Is there another one? Well, there's another room still. The demon is still just standing there. Its fists clenched as, as tight as ours. <laughs> I pat the demon on the back and I say, thank you. We couldn't have done it without your help. Hey. Yeah, buddy. Thank you. What's the demon's name? I don't know. You didn't ask. Demon, what's, what's your name? It does not respond. I think they don't like saying that. that. I, it doesn't I, have to be a real name. You, what should we call you? Yeah. It does not respond. You have not ordered it to respond, and therefore it will not. <laughs> I say to Corbin and Rupert, wait a minute, I'm going to try something. And I, uh, I take out my notebook and I write in it, do you like me? And then I put two checkboxes. <laughs> and one says yes, and then the other says no. And then I write love slake at the bottom, and, uh, and I give it to the demon. And then I like look away. Do you do you give him the notebook or just give him the page? I give him the page and a pen. Uh, he he eats the paper. I like I cover my mouth and I go, oh my god, you guys! I think he really likes you, Slake. 
Wow, I feel shy. Let's let's go to the next room. <laughs> yeah, let's go. That's let's definitely go. a yes. Oh, the demon does not. The demon stays right where it is. Uh, Corbin turns to the demon when he notices that it's not following and says, "Demon, please stay stay with the group. Use the buddy system." <laughs> <sighs> it follows after you, but it does not seem happy about it. I can't believe we made a demon friend. I can't believe we made a demon friend. <laughs> this is the best day ever. All right, so you guys head out of this hallway, and uh, do you head into the other hall? Yes. Yeah, as we're on there, on our way, though, I'm going to say to Rupert, wow, you were uh, really fast on your feet back there. Is that part of your librarian training? <sighs> Reminds me of my younger days. Um, that specifically, no. My father was a type of champion himself with the bow and arrow. Uh, good on the hunt and good on the battlefield, and he taught me everything I know. You must really miss him. <sighs> yes, I do. If this can get us closer to at least seeing them again, I have missed my parents for a long time. You all must miss your friends as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you too there, Theodore. <laughs> Theodore, I like it. <laughs> uh, Theodore doesn't have any friends, it seems. Except for us. Yeah. Hey, Theodore, we'll be your friends now. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Friends forever. It does not respond. <laughs> it's like it's like the teen that like got dragged on the family trip to Disney World and like the hates goth, like the yeah. goth teen. It's like I, I get it. Alright, so uh you guys head to the other hallway then, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, you enter the left hallway, and again, the door closes behind you. This time, when you enter, you are in the hallway, not in the cages, which line the first 10 feet of this hallway. Inside, you see wolves pacing. Again, just constructs. But one wolf raises its head in a soundless howl, and the others follow suit. Then the cage doors open, and they charge you. Please make an athletics check. Oh, damn it. All right. I'm too dexterous <sighs> for this dungeon. I am not. 13 for athletics. I got a cool 10. Yeah, I also got a cool 10. Not rolling great today. Oh, boy. Uh, all three of you are tackled by the wolves. Ah. It is not a real wolf, but its bite really hurts. That is going to be six damage to each of you. Ah, oh, jeez. As they sink their teeth mm. into your flesh. Very rude. And out of this pack of wolves, you see another cackling demon astride the back of one of these construct wolves. Theodore looks at the other demon, and uh, he gives it a thumbs up. I, I, I elbow Theodore, and I, I say, you do have a friend. <laughs> oh, Theodore. Classic Theodore. He says thank you. Uh, what he actually said was... So dramatic. He must be a teen like you all. Uh, we're just going to stick with the initiative that we rolled last time, if that's all right with you guys. I want two demons. Well, unfortunately, Corbin only has one fifth level spell. I do only have one fifth level spell. Damn it! We can't kill Theodore's friend. Imagine the trauma. Well, I won't have to imagine it in a little bit. <laughs> Uh, Rupert, you are up first. Okay, so as my bonus action, I once again, um, especially taking a new attack like this, I do lift up my silvery robes, revealing that tattoo once again, and just like in pain, touch it and activate spirit shroud. Black kind of abyssal spirits uh, flow around me as I cast... Yeah, I'm going to do shocking grasp on the wolf that just 
bit me. Oh, that's a nat 20. Baby. Uh, I mean, you hit it, but yeah. I assume you're going to kill it. Oh, yeah. That's like a lot of electric damage. Electronic damage. And with the spirit shroud, they seem to attack with my uh, attack. And it's going to do an extra D8 worth of damage. Nice. Nice. So 28 total, eight of it radiant. Yeah, it dissolves. It absolutely dissolves. <laughs> Holy shit. It, it, yeah, it explodes. The wolf construct dr- just explodes. You just see this like almost sardonic smile go on to Rupert's face as he destroys this wolf. Jesus. Oh my god. All right. Uh, Slake, you are up. Um, I look nervously over at Rupert and I'm like, oh, I'm glad you're on our team. And uh, I, uh, I guess I'm going to go for the demon. So... I'm going to, once again, use my my rapier of wounding. All right. 19. That will hit. All right, cool. That is nine damage. Okay. For my second attack, that is 16. That'll hit. 14 damage. Okay. You do still have a wolf all up on you, but that's fine. So now it's the demon's turn, and it locks eyes with your demon friend. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And it goes... And your demon friend goes, and then it goes, you know, just girly things. You know. And then it turns towards Corbin. Yeah, and it, I'm sure. And it's going to do all three of its melee attacks on you. Yeah, I know. It wants to kill me real bad right now. <laughs> all right. The first one's going to be a 25. Second one is going to be a 21. And the tail attack is going to be a 19. Uh, all of them do hit. <laughs> yes, I, I thought that might be the case. All right, that's going to be 17. There is then the one tail attack, and that is going to be 13 damage. Jeez. Yep. So 30 damage total? Yep. It is not happy with you, Corbin. You've trapped its friend. Uh, Corbin is covered in blood. <laughs> it's like spurting out oh from my me. God. But he's still standing, and he's fine. <laughs> Uh, now it's your turn. Okay. Um, I am going to, on my own, attack the demon. Uh, I'm going to cast a moonbeam. Okay. The check is constitution. Constitution. Yes. All right. That is going to be an 11. Oh, no. It does not. No. I didn't think so. Okay. That's 20 damage, radiant. 20 damage. Oh, ow, Okay. Ow. Corbin looks to uh, Theodore to the demon and says, demon, I want you to use every thing available to you, your entire power, and with that power, I would like you to kill your friend, the other demon. (laughs) Not Roger. I didn't want to say attack, because then he would just do a little wimpy fake attack. Dark stuff. Okay. Yeah, I know, I'm really getting into it. I'm really just... It's going to use Hurl Flame, and it does have to target the demon, his demon friend. However, that demon friend is right next to you. Is it a radius attack? (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. I'll allow it. So, yes, he's going to use his two hurl flames, and he's going to position himself in such a way that you are between the demon and itself. Yeah. Next time, I'll make sure I specify without hurting us. Yeah. And that is going to be hit on one, and the other one goes a bit wide. So that's going to be 15 damage to the demon and seven damage to you. Hella. All right. So now it is the wolves. I'm going to have a wolf. We'll say two wolves at Rupert and two wolves at Slake. All right. That doesn't hit. And the other one's going to be a 19. That would hit me. So they just do five flat damage. 
All right. And then Rupert, you're gonna, that's gonna be a 15 and a 13. Do either of those hit you? Neither of them hit. All right, you are able to deflect the wolves. Now, Rupert, we are back up to you. Okay, after fighting off these two, they're both in front of me. I don't like that. So I will, still with the uh, spirit shroud around me, I will cast chill touch on the one to my left. Okay. And I do that like from 10 feet back. Like, so I kind of step back away from them. Ooh, that's only a 10 to hit. That will not hit them, no. I'm going to use my action surge and I'm going to Eldritch Blast the other one. Much better. 17 plus 7 is 24. Yeah, that hits. Yeah. Oh, I rolled so low. That's only six points of damage. I mean, you hit it. It it doesn't enjoy it, but uh, it's still up. Right. All right. So, uh, Hannah, it is your turn, but I forgot to roll wounding damage. That is a one. So, yes, I am going to go ahead and use the sword of wounding again. Okay, so first attack rolled 13. That does not hit, no. Okay, and second one, uh, 18 to hit. Yep, that'll hit. Now we're talking. All right, and that is going to be uh, nine damage. Okay. And that means, too, that it'll be on its turn another I'm trying of uh, again, necrotic damage. Keeping track the way I was before, I just forgot about it. Nice. Okay, so now it's the demon's turn. And it looks at your friend, at your Theodore, and it goes... <laughs> And it attacks Theodore. God damn it. It's going to use all of its attacks. Why? This is like, no, you you understand what just happened. Theodore told the other demon to kill it. To save itself. Oh my God. This is so romantic and terrible. Oh my God. What have we done? We're the real <laughs> monsters. All right. It hits on all three of its attacks against Theodore. Oh no, Theodore. Now I feel bad. I don't. This is awesome. <laughs> All right, so this is going to do... Oh, nice. Okay, it does max damage on its claw attack, so that's going to be 20. And then it's going to do its tail attack. And that's another... Oof, that is going to do it for Theodore, friend. No! And as its friend lunges at it, as it drives its claws into the other demon's throat... Not Theodore. The two share a look. And Theodore goes... <laughs> And dissolves into black icor. No! <laughs> Do I understand in abyssal what Theodore's last words were? I, it was, uh, I, I guess you would understand the whole exchange, which was more, don't let me kill you, take Aww. me out first. I do this with pleasure, brother. And then as Theodore dies, it says, kill them for me. Oh, God. <laughs> now he's got a vendetta complex. Uh-oh. I know. So that's the demon's turn. Oh, God. Wasted his turn, though. It's Corbin's turn now. Okay. Um, so I move my moonbeam over the, the demon again, and I sear his demony flesh uh, with, with my moonbeam. <laughs> uh, constitution, that is going to be 16. Oh, that does not do it. Very close, though. Uh, so that's 14. It dissolves in <gasps> your moonbeam. Get fucked, demon. Oh, uh, it collapses and you hear it go. <laughs> and Rupert, you understand it to mean Theodore, I'll see you soon. Oh, God. <laughs> Rupert just starts crying. <laughs> Rupert's just sobbing in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet. All these damned wolves are still here. Oh, yeah, fuck, I forgot about the wolves. Still four wolves. Not now, wolves. I'm having a moment. Ugh. Okay, it is the wolf's turn, and we've had two on Slake and two on Rupert, mm-hmm. and actually, I don't want to disengage from either of you. All right. So we'll just 
Ooh, all right. So one of those is going to hit Slake. That's a 21. Oh, yeah. And the other... Ooh, we got a natural 20 on Rupert as well. <sighs> Says a six. Jeez. So uh, this is going to be Rupert 12 damage on my critical wolf bite. Oh, the physical pain matches my emotional distraught. <laughs> and Slake, that is going to be two. Oh, okay. I... Well, you know, I'm lucky. I didn't have to. I didn't have to truly understand what I witnessed. Me and me and Slake are living in blissful ignorance. Uh, now we're back up to Rupert. Okay, so the one that crit on me, um, wrong move, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Cause uh, Daddy's got some blasts. <laughs> All right, so Eldritch blasts on these fools. Phrases I wish to never hear again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, my daddy blast. No. <laughs> Does it hit with a fourteen? Not quite. Oh, I'm still just weeping, openly. just sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> you can't see through your tears. I'm so sad. <laughs> They're hurting me still. With my bonus action, I'll take another second wind. Eleven points back to me. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, and now it is Slake's turn. Slake. All right, cool. So I think I'll keep using the sword of wounding. I am gonna go ahead and attack the wolf that has been attacking me. All right, wolf three. Twenty two to hit. Oh, so much! It hits so bad. Good. Nine. Okay. And for my second attack, does twelve hit? No. Yeah, I thought not. But that wolf now has to take 1d4 necrotic damage (laughs) on its turn. All right. Okay. Uh, Wolf three. Corbin, you are up. Uh, I'm just going to move my little moonbeam over one of the wolves. Mm, Which wolf? Which one looks looks the healthiest? Uh, Wolves two and four are equally healthy. Okay. I'm going to move it over wolf two. Okay. And it has to make a constitution saving throw. That is a one. <laughs> okay. Then it takes uh, 19 radiant you, damage. It dissolves. Okay. That's cool. Hell, 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 hell. Hell, 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 hell. Hell, 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 hell. My hero. All right. Now it's the wolves' turn. And uh, all right. The two wolves attacking you, Slick. It's going to hit once. And Rupert, one of them is going to be an 18 to hit. That does hit. Does hit. Okay, then Slake, you take two. Rupert, you take three damage. And also, the one that you hit, Slake, it takes two wounding damage. I remember this time. After Rupert takes his damage, he's going to use a spell slot and cast Hellish Rebuke with my reaction. Oh, okay. So I need a dexterity saving throw. That's a one again. Oh, man, these wolves suck. (laughs) Haha, I'm back on top. And so... Yeah, that's going to be 25. <laughs> so, yeah. Jeez. You kill it so good. It's again, so yeah. Good. As it bites into my flesh, and we'll say it hits the left arm, and I say, just not again. And from my arm where the jaws are, like, biting down, its head first bursts into flame and then slowly burns uh, the construct away into ethereal nothingness. Very spooky. Good God! Uh, Slake's turn. Slake, you got two more wolves. Two wolves, one looks bad, one looks good. All right, I'm going to go for the one that looks bad because I'm lazy. And, ooh, that first attack is definitely not going to hit because that was like a 12. Okay. Ah, but that second attack is over 20. That'll hit. All right. Oh, heck yeah. Okay, so that is going to be 12 damage. Tell me how you kill it. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, just going to ram it right through. And it just, poof dissolves into ethereal mist. Corbin, there's one more. Kill it. All right. Uh, I'm going to take my little moony beanie. My moon, my moon, my moomy beam. My moomy beam. <laughs> Your mom beam. <laughs> my moons and my beans. 
I'm gonna put it right on over that wolf and uh, Constitution. Constitution. Ah, uh, that is a two. Yeah, no, wow. that's not a. That's not it. And so then, oh, that's twenty damage. Yep, it just poof. Yeah. Bye. And the door opens up back behind you. Dear listeners, Hannah here. In light of the violent acts that took place on March 16th in Atlanta, Dames and Dragons will be donating a portion of our profits for the month of March to Asian Americans Advancing Justice, Atlanta. This organization is dedicated to protecting and promoting the civil and human rights of Asian Americans, Native Hawaiians, and Pacific Islanders in Georgia and the Southeast through policy advocacy, legal services, organizing and civic engagement, and impact litigation. We encourage you to donate as well in order to directly help the victims and their families. To donate, go to advancingjustice-atlanta.org. We'll also be posting a link on our Twitter, at Dragon Dames. Send us a copy of your receipt before April 2nd, and we will shout you out in the mid-roll of our next episode. Thank you so, so much to our wonderful patrons for your support. You make donations like this possible for the podcast, along with many other things, and we appreciate it so much. I, of course, want to thank our new and increasing patrons, Michael Evener, Awesome Sticks, Allison Harrison, Awesome Andra, Dibbler, Max G, Rachel Rapterix Farwell, Derek Vandervies, Michelle Parker, Ron Blode, Daniel F., Ankit Dasur, Hamish Anderson, Jasmine Mondragon, Slakin' It Up, Wade Fraley, Double XP Weekend, Dominic Hope, Cy Noel, Reagan, Greta Cullifer, and Blade. Thank you all. Your support enables us to keep putting the time, effort, and love into this podcast that we want to, and we are so grateful for that. I want to give a big shout out and thank you to the lovely folks who sent us cool stuff via our P.O. Box this winter slash spring. Thank you, Laray Listens on Twitter for the Guardians-themed masks, Bug Witch on Twitter for the original artwork, uh, Mix80 on Twitter for the lovely mask assortment, and Lucas, Charles, and Chaco for the holiday card. Geekspective Network also sent us a really cool welcome package, so a big dames thank you to them as well. Speaking of Geekspective Network, we have an ad for one of their fine shows. Near the small village of Hartscrest lies an idyllic hollow abundant with flowers and berry bushes. The Warren of Petal Grove is vast and expansive. Hundreds of generations have hopped around its many twisting tunnels. Stories say that this Warren has been here since Loam's creation, and all rabbits who inhabit the continent today descended from them. Humans and other various predators come to hunt for rabbits every now and then, nothing out of the ordinary. And until recently, the rabbits of Petal Grove have lived in relative peace. Hello, I'm Amber, the GM of the Warren of Petal Grove. The Warren is a game about intelligent rabbits trying to make the best of a world filled with hazards, predators, and worst of all, other rabbits. I really love the idea of having a game and setting where I plus players could tell several short stories. So I recruited 12 players to play in three different mini stories, all set inside the same Warren. Sessions are aired live on twitch.tv forward slash Geekspective. You can find the VODs on Geekspective's YouTube, and you can find the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Go to geekspective.com for more information. 
Sounds like a good time. I also want to thank our reviewers on Apple Podcasts. It's another great way to support the show. It boosts our ratings. And of course, we read and appreciate them too, you dang sweeties. Thank you, Decline75, Greta BC, Rhymes in Couplet, Slakin' It Up, Otrops, and Ordon the Orc. Another thing our dear listeners have been doing that helps support the show is patronizing our store, and one of the things we have available is a personal message or ad read. We have a message today from Dallas Rich. For Ashley Kelly, happy birthday on Ashley and Foxy, wishing you both good presents and the happy birthday song. Ezzy, happy birthday to an incredible sister, aunt, and friend. I've looked up to you our entire lives, and even now that we are both mothers with families of our own, I still aspire to be as compassionate and considerate as my big sister. We love you and little Foxy. And some of our friends wanted to express their gratitude to have you in their lives as well. The real treasure is the friends you made along the way. They are very glad to know you. Brandon. May the unexpected noise always be a fun whistle and not the alarm. Dave. The greatest treasure of all is you. Happy birthday, Jess. Well, dang, look at all that love being spread around, like veritable jam on toast. You love to see it. And finally, a message to Chantel. Chantel, the code word is trans girl Trish. The sleeper agent is active. Go. You two all right? That was, that was wild. <laughs> Corbin has blood dripping down his uh, mouth, and he says, "I'm feeling, I'm okay, I'm good." <laughs> uh, uh, are you sure about that, buddy? Um. Well, I guess I. Uh. Whoa. Um. I'll cast um cure wounds on myself. I touch my boob window. And um, nice. there's a soft glow that emanates, as always. While we're kind of coming down from the battle, Rupert recounts the tale of Theodore and, and Roger. Oh, you should have heard it. Oh. oh. They died for each other. <laughs> oh, I feel terrible now. I wish I didn't know that. Ah, well, R.I.P. Rip Theodore plus Roger forever with the number four. Maybe when you could get your uh, parents out of the void, you could just pull Roger and Theodore out, too. <gasps> yeah, I'm sure that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, you said you're going to have to make a deal with uh, some demons. Oh. Maybe they'll be available. <sighs> I hope so. And we at least have two names now that we can drop once we get to the void. Yeah, I'm sure it's good to have contacts. Hey, we're friends of Theodore and Roger. <laughs> I bet they're really popular. Yeah, I bet they've told all their friends that they really like us. <laughs> we can only hope. <sighs> Uh, all right, so when you return to that main room, it doesn't look much different. However, when you examine the wheel again, you find that it can be turned again. Oh. Uh, Let's stand close to the wheel before we turn it this time again. Yeah, yes. Good thinking. Yeah. All right, so you spin the wheel, and again, the force cage comes around you. This time, something bigger circles you, making shadowy rotations around the room as it descends further into the earth. Its footsteps are heavy and thud over the grinding of the mechanism which brings you further down. 
When it finally stops, the demon moves into a door which has appeared again in the spot where you entered the temple. The force cage then dissipates. Oh, man. Is that a... (sighs) Is that another one? I don't believe we're out of the woods quite yet, teens. (laughs) I know you said teens, but I'm going to assume you said team, and we're going to move past it. (laughs) Okay, do you guys follow it into the room? Yeah, making our way downtown. Yeah, I arm my bow and arrows. The demon is waiting for you in this room and stands slouching and staring, its red eyes glistening and wet. It gives you a lopsided smile, showing too many rows of horribly sharp teeth. The thing is massive, slimy, and inky black. One bulky arm ends in a clawed hand and the other in a sharp blade, which it rests on the ground while it stands. It looks over the three of you and then says, Come for treasure, yes. Like all the others. Um, not not really, no, actually. Well, what? It depends on what the treasure is, because if the treasure is getting our friend, Fran... And Mary, I, uh, maybe, but de- definitely Fran back from the void, then that, yes, that is a treasure we came from, for. I, yeah, but getting, getting, getting into the void is mainly what we're, we're trying to do here. Yeah. I don't know, you know, if you're, you're onto that stuff. Want to enter the void. We want to get out of the void. We want to get somebody out of the void. Couple people, actually. I want to get my brethren out of the void. Here is good. The magic still here in this old place feeds us. You will feed us too. I can taste the magic in you already. It will be a good meal. So, are you gonna help us? Are you gonna eat us? I just want to know. Like, should I attack you right now? Yeah, like I'm getting like really weird vibes. Yeah, you're really giving me mixed signals. I want to kill you and eat you, but if you get me more food, more magic. I could make a deal. Rupert kind of stands, like, takes a step forward and says, Look, I have been searching my entire life for a way into the void. I don't care what it costs. If, if I let you take the magic from my being... Feast off of it, yet keep my mortal life. Could we avoid any more bloodshed? The demon looms over you and it gives a deep sniff and says, You are telling lies. I smell them on you. They roll off you like waves. Corbin points at Rupert, just accusatorily. But I think I have a better deal in mind. You want to open the void, get in, take things. We want to open the void, get 
out. Let things out. You want the thing that is here. Take it. Open me a door. Wait on the other side. Um, so is that like nobody's magic gets eaten, but we do rip a portal to hell open and we can take things out and also anything else can come out? Yes. Okay, boys, let's talk this over. So, Torva's already fucking on Earth. He is the worst of all the demons around. I mean, he's a god, but you know. So, could it get worse? I don't know. I feel like we probably shouldn't just leave, like, a gaping hell mouth open, you know? You know, I mean, I feel the same way, Slake. I do feel the same way, but... How about a one-for-one situation? We don't leave it wide open for them. For any of them, but for as many people as we want to take out, that's how many demons are allowed onto Avalis. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could kill, you know, five or ten (laughs) demons, probably. I mean, you said you've been researching this for years. Do you think we have any other choice? Unless the object is here that I think is supposed to be here, which they're wanting us to use to open this thing, I... I think this is our only... Our only choice. Wait, there's the object here, the treasure. Could you use that to open the void without letting demons out, or...? And I'm going to cast message and tell Slake, yes, but we should not allow the demon to know such things. Right. And I out loud say, I don't know. Whoa. Okay. I am hungry. I will eat you now or later. Decide. Um, I look at Rupert and I mouth quietly, do you have a plan? Yes, I'm a librarian. I always have a plan. I believe we should take the deal. I give Rupert like a a searching look and then I say, okay. Wait, I want to I want to roll an insight check to see I know that that he's hiding things, but I want to know if he's hiding things maliciously or not maliciously, but like with the potential to cause harm or if it's just, you know, personal personal secrets. <laughs> 19. I'll roll a deception check. Let's see where it goes. Uh yeah, contest it with deception. Not good. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Finally, we get some fucking answers. Uh, well, Ooh. you can tell whatever secrets he is keeping, they are not meant to harm you. Okay. All right, then I'm cool with it. What is your choice? Yeah, we're for it. We're for it, right, guys? Well, we were thinking we could do an exchange. Yes. Like one for one. These terms, they are good. We will wait for you. On the other side of the gate. And then he melts down between the cracks in the floor and is gone. On the pedestal at the back of the room, there is an old stone chest. Uh, Rupert approaches. The chest opens easily. Inside it is lined with crumbling silk. And at the bottom, there is a pair of boots. Damn it! No! This isn't right! And I hold up a pair of boots. 
supposed to be some kind of orb, some obsidian orb. No, this this is not correct. I feel as if we were duped. Put the boots on. Maybe they do something. Okay. Yeah, are they your size? Yeah, they fit. Are they your size? Yeah, maybe there's like something that happens and I'm like sliding off my librarian boots. (laughs) (laughs) And I slide these bad boys on. Do I feel anything? Ah, and you feel silent and graceful as the boots allow you to move (gasps) completely silently. It seems that whatever texts you were looking at weren't telling the truth. Rupert just crumbles. <laughs> They're boots of sneaking, which are helpful because I'm a librarian and I want to be quiet, but not what I wanted. And he's just like what? openly beating. He's just pounding his fists on the ground and crying. Oh, oh, oh no, oh, Rupert, Rupert. But the demons seem to think there was something here. I mean, why would it just let us go if it knew that there wasn't anything here for us to to use? Yeah, there's got to be something to let us open the gate, because otherwise, why would they wait on the other side? (laughs) Kat, I want to investigate the chest. Sure. Oh, wow. Baby's first good investigation roll. That's 20, non-natural. It is a very old stone chest. There is nothing interesting about it. Just that it's old. Does it look like it's been tampered with? No. Like, does it look like it's been disturbed? No, it looks like recently. this is the prize that this temple is meant to guard. <sighs> a pair of boots for Fenrir's greatest hunter. I have bad news. This is absolutely ridiculous. There's no reason that the things going on in this temple should have been so difficult. <sighs> for this prize, this is just a pair of boots that makes you quiet. I have a spell called Pass Without Trace. It does the same thing. These boots are useless! Corbin! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm sure... I'm sure... (sighs) Sorry, Rupert. I'm sorry, Rupert. I'm sorry. So wait, Kat, you said they were for Fenrir's Greatest Hunter. Mm. And Fenrir's Greatest Hunter was... Mm. Was it Kai? Kai? Mm. I think it... Probably, right? Probably. I, I think I'm going to say to Corbin, Corbin, this temple, it seems like it was built to Kai. So maybe these belong to her? Yeah. You know what? You know what's like, you're right. And I've been holding this off for a while now. And I think it's time that I just get it over with. And Corbin passes out. <laughs> uh, all right. What do you What do you want to see in your dreams? I want to look at... I just want to know, like, what happened here. Like, I want to know about this temple mm-hmm. and, like, any any amount of history that I can find in my dream. All right. Roll wisdom for me. 20 non-natural. Yes. You have a bird's eye view of a land that looks like it's in the shape of this one, but it's not the same in any other way. It's a lush forest, and you see this temple deep in that forest. Then it's a different day, and the forest is on fire. Everything burning. And then part of the land being heaved up into the sky, leaving behind an enormous crater. And then you see the land as it is present day. An arid scrubland with an enormous crater at the end of it. And then you feel teeth grab you by the nape of the neck and pull you backwards. A voice in your ear says, Close. Very close. Let him take the boots. And then you wake up. 
Um, do I recognize the voice, Cat? It sounds like every t- other time you've heard Kai talk to okay. you. Yeah. And Rupert is just in shambles as Corbin's sleeping, and he very <laughs> quietly, like, just kind of like lump slumps over to the wheel, and he's just like, "Oh, I, I need some tea or something. I'm all out, and there was just boots here, and now we should just go home. I need a nap." I I want to go over to uh, Rupert and just like pat him on the back and shh him. <laughs> Like, it's, it's going to be okay. Nobody shushes the librarian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I joke. I jest. Uh, thank you for the comfort. But this was so many years in the making, and now I feel... I just feel a fool. I'm sure there's more to this than what we're seeing. I bet that when Corbin wakes up, he's going to have some good insight for us. Corbin wakes up with a gasp. <laughs> oh! Oh! Well, you know, I, it makes a lot of sense now, honestly. I think it, I really, it, this made a lot more sense than it did at first. Okay, are we inside the crater or just like outside of it? Uh, you are outside. You are in the place where the forest was on fire. So um, this area, and not exactly where we are, but just this area generally, uh, is where Estra used to be before Kai raised it into the sky. So that's um, interesting. That's I have some feelings about it. Wow. We don't need to get into it. Makes sense. And this, where we are right now, is the forest that burned before that actually happened. So this is this is Kai's temple, maybe to Fenrir or something. I don't know. They're all kind of mixed in together. Oh. And um, but yeah, so that's why probably it's thin here because a god literally ripped part of the earth out of its crater. Anyways, that's all. That that makes so much sense. Yeah, right? Are, are you now the librarian? No. <laughs> no, I just go to sleep sometimes. I just sleep. What mighty gifts you both have. Such sweet, tender friends you have been. I am sorry that I was not able to help. And now I've made some deal with a demon. I feel like... Uh, well, I don't know. Perhaps you all can continue... Uh, investigating these lands, but I i feel I must return home. I am very wary. You take your time, Rupert. You take those boots. They were Kai's. But you just, you take them. You keep them safe. Keep them secret. Thank you, friends. I, I guess these are kind of nice boots. It's like walking <laughs> on a cloud. <laughs> well, when we see our friends who've been in the void... We'll ask them about your parents, okay? Thanks. The, their names were Ursula and Ulysses. All right. Yeah, we'll see what info we can find. I I really appreciate that. And I shake Slake's hand. Oh, I, I shake your hand back. Uh, shall we? Shall we then? And I point at the wheel. You guys spin the wheel, and it takes you back up to the surface, out into the last of the sunlight. You've been underground all day. You spend one last night at Rupert's cottage, and then you head towards the end of the road, the place you've been going this whole time, to the Great Crater, where, supposedly, someone or something will help you get to your friends. However, further down the road, in a place where you're going, we see a man. We've seen him before, though his face 
It's difficult to recall. He stands at the edge of the crater with his back to it, and on the ground before him lay a collection of objects. He hums as he passes a hand over these things. Eyes and tears and heart and hands. Feet for traveling o'er the land. These are the things which maketh man. A pair of golden eyes. An ice-cold, tear-shaped gem. A heart-shaped necklace. A pair of gloves. He sets the final object down next to them. Soft, supple boots, lined in fur. He looks off into the distance, down the road. And then he sits to wait. says kill them for me why is that the most dramatic thing that's happened in this episode i don't know <laughs> i think it's the most dramatic thing that's happened in this podcast holy that shit podcast history <laughs> these demons are just better characters than us what can they we are do? better characters than us i want to know their story <laughs> they should have the podcast oh god okay <laughs> let's get some fan fiction out there truly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. truly the story of theodore and roger two <laughs> demons who just want to live their lives yeah. and one of them got compelled to kill the other, so... Ill-fated lovers. Really sad. It's a real tragedy. Really sad. Mm-hmm.